Hey, before we get into this episode of Sweat Equity, we're going to do the promo first. This is where our sponsors lay their eggs, and we're going to put it in the basket of Fuck Up Nights, April 21st in Tampa at the Rialto Theater. In It's an old school theater. Basically what Fuck Up Nights is, it's... Uh, it's like a TEDx talk, but not as douchey. It's it's one of those things where entrepreneurs, small business owners, big wigs in your city, they get up and they talk about how they fucked up. We learn a lot more from failure than we do from success. How many networking events or conferences have you gone to where you just hear one guy talking about how great everything was the whole way up? I'm not interested in that. I We became a sponsor as Toko Works, Tokobaga Consulting, to sponsor fuck up nights in Tampa or you can call it fun night if you you got the Christian crowd around you but fun nights Tampa look it up if you want to hit me up law at t-o-c-o-w-o-r-k-s dot com I'll send you all the information we're going to max out about 300 people I'm going to be emceeing the event in Tampa but if you're not in the Tampa Bay area you can find a fuck up nights around you. It is a global thing like TEDx, just not as douchey. Let's get into it. It's a sweat equity podcast. Yeah, I'm bringing the hottie toddy as my line in, man. He is. I'm uh, your host, Law Smith. Sitting here with me is uh, the Lions Purr. That is Caleb Fuddy. Woo! What's happening? Getting his Ric Flair on. That's and right. uh, our guest today, Ray Roa. Let him hear you. Shaba. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, a little, uh, little uh, kind of admin in the beginning. Sweat Equity Podcast. Make sure you go online, subscribe, rate, review. That's the cheat code to get us up the rankings. We want to. We're gunning for Tim Ferriss. I know we can't. We, we won't get there. But let's let's at least let's at least get him intrigued. Let's say, hey, uh, we're we're number five when he's number one in the business section. Yeah, he's and he's got a little different niche than uh than than we do. Yeah, he's more Silicon Valley capital investors. You know, looking for kind of things like that. We're more. We're realistic. We're on the. Uh, we're on a little bit more of a local level. We're on a. You're trying to start your business. What do you need to do? So right. Or you're the, trying to grow and scale. The idea. The idea of this podcast is kind of in. Um, in the face of Tim Ferriss's, which is, what what's some realistic, pragmatic advice to help people out? Uh, usually, we we find out people's stories, and there, there's always kind of through lines, of I had to find a new discipline. I had to teach myself. You know, I was there later than everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm curious. What else? Any other tropes that kind of go by? Like, uh, yeah, just I think there's commonalities, man, in everyone's story. Who's trying to, to, you know, to to get in on the come up, so to speak. I think, uh, you know, working for the man is if it's not it, it, it's not that it's out or it's it's not in. It's just that I think people have uh, kind of developed over the you know the past two decades or decade into understanding. I can really start my own business and I've acquired enough skills, you know, kind of working for the man that I can go out on my own now and, and do this. But we plug how to go from that, the want, 
to actually doing it. Um, but in that, there's stories to be told. Well, and also it's gener- it's a generation thing too. We yep. have access to information like any like it's crazy now. And like uh, there, there's legitimate businesses that are on that you know you could be a brand on Instagram without really having a product, and you can do affiliate marketing through that. Or you, there's there's so many ways now. So I feel like our generation, I'm 31, Caleb's 27, and 20, a half. 27, three fourths. You're not allowed to count halves. You can't fraction after 11, but, uh, Ray, I don't know how old you are. I'm 31. I think you can fraction. I mean, I used to be like totally against birthdays and stuff like that, but somebody hit me on the head with something. He's like, dude, it's like another trip around the sun. I think it was Tim Ogden at the brew company and life is like super fragile. Like, yeah. I think a half is okay. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, cause I used to be really against ah oh, birthday, this birthday, that, but I think it is kind of an accomplishment to make it yeah to live you I, know it's hard i yeah. uh respectfully disagree i'm not i'm not trying to take funny side here but. i like no i like uh, adam carolla's stance on it it's like how about achievement day how about when you do something oh no i'm not know, a trophy kind of guy no, no no but we should celebrate your successes because you're working hard that's more important because yeah there's a lot of people that float through life and i don't think and they live to be 70, 80, 90, and they haven't done anything yeah. except just be around and never think about doing something else or oh, think yeah. about it and never do it. No, I totally get that. Yeah. But, I mean, I sit here with you guys. I think it's okay. For, yeah. You know, to, I don't l- – Look, I'm a curmudgeon. I'm a little oldest 31-year-old I'm super salty so. also. Okay. Let me, l- let me make this clear real quick because yeah. I feel like there's a, a misconception out there now. That do you I'm, have to go I, for your I'm, birthday party? That I'm celebrating <laughs> my uh, my fractional birthdays. There's no there's no celebrating. All right. We hit that – at that one year like ray said trip around the sun we'll, we'll do a little celebrate man you know yeah but i'm, I'm not know. celebrating 27 and a half i mean honestly i i you forget, just asked how, I old forget I how old i am sometimes <laughs> well so yeah the, uh, so i guess a good place to start is kind of just you uh like both of us kind of do a myriad of different things and it's it seems passion driven i guess explain to everybody <laughs> what jobs and or hobby jobs or hobbies you have uh so because i think you're doing about five things at once if i'm guessing yeah it was like um i kind of hit a thing this year where i was like it was a point of pride but now that the tax man has come (laughs) i used to be like yeah i'm filing 10 or 5 1099s this year yeah and i'll be like that's awesome and then like you get the bill and you're like oh yeah so yeah i'm like doing um a lot of different things um it kind of seems strange and sometimes it makes you feel weird about doing so many things. It's like, you know, starting at the top, I'm, uh, you know, I work on subapp.com, suburban apologist, you know, so mm-hmm. that would be like in the hobby category for sure. But really I haven't made a penny off of sub app. Um, but really sub apps, the only reason I have any of the other jobs I have, you know, it bled into a regular correspondent thing with the Tampa Bay times and TVT writing about music, okay. same kind of role at creative loafing doing that. Um, and then, you know, that bleeds into Gasparilla Music Festival running social media for them. Uh-huh. That becomes Rooster and Natil, um, running social media for them. Yep. And all of that kind of goes into, you know, my current, you know, other 1099 job where, um, uh-huh. I'm doing some content development for uh, an advertising agency, mm-hmm. uh, McKay Advertising here in Ybor City. So, you know, without the one thing that still hasn't paid me a dime, which still is like the thing that you know, really warms my heart the most. Yeah. And, you know, nothing else happens. So, and can you, can you explain to the listeners what suburban apologist is? Suburban apologist is, um, essentially it's a music and culture blog. I, 
you know, when it first started like six years ago, I was so against the word blog. I'd call it anything else. Sure. Website. I used to have these really hard line rules, but really that's what it is. It's an online uh, magazine founded by Joel Cook, uh-huh. who uh, founded Reacts magazine over 10 years oh, ago. Yeah. And if you've been around for a while, then, you know, you remember picking up a Reacts and they actually ended up doing pretty well. I think they were distributed in like FYE across the country, had an office down here and then uh, the recession hit. They were a music magazine. So Joel calls me up and is like, dude, I'm about to have a kid. Uh, <laughs> I built this website. Can you work on it? I'd been working on Reacts uh, with Joe Diacunto. Uh-huh. And, um, Shout out Joey to God. Joey to God, Joey to glasses. <laughs> um, but I was writing for Consequence of Sound back then too, and I just wanted to give you know that same attention we were given Britney Spears or Risco or mm-hmm. or whoever it was. You know, I think the uh, freaking uh, Eddie Vedder ukulele into the wild album was out around there yeah and, and you know we were writing about that stuff on consequence of sound and i was like let's do that locally so um that's what it's been it's been a journey we've had some really awesome people come through still coming through it's um it's truly the most fulfilling thing in my life that's good man i mean it so and a lot of people maybe listening there's a lot of people outside this area so uh we may ask what that means or who that is sure you know uh about half of our listeners are outside the region so uh our thing is like what i tell a lot of people is um you know you do a lot of things and you think oh you can't do like there's no more you can do and i try to tell people i used to think that way as well but then you know what happens is you the more you do the more you do and it's it's kind of a retarded statement, but it is that thing of uh, more work will beget more work, but it get it in a different way. It gets you in the areas where you want to be, so it doesn't feel all the time like hardcore work. I mean, it is, but like I do stand up. I'm running this uh, small business consulting company. We're do, I'm doing two podcasts. It'll be three when we do college football season. Um, <laughs> you know, wife's pregnant. All that stuff, trying to get that stuff going, doing charity work uh, on the side with Tampa Pig Jig, just like you do with um, Gas Real Music Fest. And it's like, how how shouldn't you take some of this stuff off? And it's like, no, you just figure out how to time manage more. Because I don't have any hobbies, really, other than if you consider stand-up a hobby or writing sketches or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, I... It sucks coming in an office Saturday, Sunday sometimes. It's Sunday morning right now, everybody, by the way. Right. <laughs> I, but uh, but what else? I'm, I'm not going to go build a car. I'm not going to go. <laughs> That's what I say. You know, like, uh, I'm not going to go do, like, I don't play. I'm not going to edge my lawn. lawn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I just, I like doing this stuff anyway. No sometimes all those lawn warriors. Up. I just, I, I, I felt really, uh, really good yesterday. I declined to edge. I just mowed. My buddy's like, do you want to borrow the edger? I was like, dude, no one has time to edge your lawn, bro. No. Yeah. Just mow it. You get in, you get out, you get on with it. Yeah, so that's yeah. it. I don't no. even do that. I'm with you, man. <laughs> we have some the crazy more shit you do, the better. So We have some ch- crazy Czechoslovakian people that come in mm. and just get it done every other Wednesday. So I'm, I'm good with that because it, it affords me the time to go do the other stuff. Exactly. I don't have to double back and go do it. Uh, I don't mind doing it. It's just it's like, what's the cost benefit? Are These guys are 60 bucks every couple of weeks. Okay, fine. And it kind of puts the onus on you to work a lot harder because yeah. you're spending that money and you're saying, okay, I've bought myself this time. If I just sit there and, you know, jerk off on the computer or something, then I'm right. a loser. Yeah. 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 It's really, I mean, I think that's kind of what it, what it comes down to. And it kind of goes nicely into, you know, one of the main questions I wanted to ask you, because you are so not, I wouldn't call it scattered, but you are so spread out and your time is spread so thin. Um, 
you know, how do you manage all that? What do you have a time management process? Is it just something where you say, man, I, I just know the tasks I have at hand here and I need to, how I need to delegate that up or kind of how do you go about that? It's kind of funny right now. Cause you know, you say scattered and, um, spread so thin and it, you know, lately in the beginning of this year, kind of hit me a few times. I've made some mistakes, uh, in copy and, uh, it's been really embarrassing. What do you mean? Just like getting a date wrong or, um, getting a support act wrong or just yeah. getting a fact wrong. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and part of it's cause I think when I'm sitting down to do this stuff, I'm harried because I got, you know, all this stuff going on. So, you know, to speak to law's point about doing more stuff begets more stuff. I mean, when you think you can't do more, yeah. what usually ends up happening is you find a way to manage all the things that you already have going on yeah, so that you, um, can do more i mean it just happens out of necessity it's like an evolution you know i use google calendar runs my life and mm -hmm. we had to reschedule this thing about three <laughs> times because i forgot to export an event into my google calendar and, oh you know, yeah uh, but uh, you know we we were fine with you doing that because it's you're the guest you're doing us a favor coming in here and talking about your basically your life uh and i and if you if it runs your life it's still tough even though you have this system, it's still tough to manage a little bit. It is. But you know what? It's like, you know, back back to your point, like you have, like you said, it's, it's, it's a challenging time to be alive. You know, our generation has a certain type of skill set. We also have a certain type of aversion towards the man or mm -hmm. you know, we want to do our own thing. We're super idealistic. And, um, you know, you can complain about not having any time or that, you know, you're stressed out and you're yelling at people you love and stuff like that. But it's like. Yeah. really like why are you doing it because you know deep down inside you have this thing inside you that you need to fulfill it's a little bit selfish in a way sure and um you know i don't have any kids you're about to have a kid and you know you know that could really stabilize your life and put in focus but for me right now i'm so scared to have a kid because i mean fact of the matter is dude i i get stressed out taking care of my dog sometimes sure yeah. I love, you know well, what you, I mean? you just think you where does it fit in you know and, and it's kind of one of those things where like you said once you have these things on your plate you readjust, you right. go back and you, you find time. Right. But when, you know, when you're in the moment without a kid, it's yeah. kind of like, man, where, like, how am I going to fit this in? You know, but that's odd. That obviously becomes your number one priority. Right. So, and then you got to decide whether or not you're making a fear based decision. Or not. I mean, you should never really move yeah. in fear. You know, maybe it's a different if there's a gun to your head, like sure, literally. But sure. Uh, <laughs> fight or uh, flight, man. You know, m making decisions based on fear usually leads you to a place you don't want to be. You should always really go at everything as mm -hmm. irrational as it might seem at the time. There's a lot of cool stuff on the other end of, you know, uncertainty, obviously. Uh, well, and something you kind of mentioned a second ago, which is, um, you know, it being selfish to kind of delve into those things that really kind of move you and inspire you to, to seek more of and to maybe, you know, look into as, you know, a project or something you want to, you know, I don't know, go forward with. Um, but I think it's important to do those kind of selfish things sometimes, because if you don't do that, I think you're going to suffer from it and other people are going to suffer from it. And that's going to be more of a hindrance than the amount of time that task takes you or that passion takes you to, you know, to fulfill, um, you know, for myself, I have a business I started and we've talked about on the podcast before, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> where, you know, we make recruiting videos for high school baseball players to send to colleges. It's incredibly time consuming, but that is like my number one passion. And, and it's really what keeps me up at night and what, you know, uh, helps me wake up early in the morning is to go and, and, you know, to do this job and try to build this business and, and, and really help these kids. Um, 
but it also is so time consuming. It puts a damper on, you know, personal relationships, uh, other work, you know, that, I, that I've going on. There's a number of things as well. So it's that opportunity cost. But if I didn't have it, I'd be wigging out left and right on every other task I had, whether it's personal or business related. So I think it's important to to take those selfish stand, stances sometimes, not in everything, yeah. because then you're just going to be a jackass, right? And it's like, right, right. man, Ray's only about himself, or Caleb only does what he right. wants to do, and that right. you, you can't get through life like that. Well, that's where you need friends to kind of tell you, too, that you're kind of, you know, going a route. You need like friends that are going to call you a jackass. Ask, yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I would say that you're starting to act like a little bit of an asshole, so. Yep. So, you know, I'm pretty lucky to have uh, that, too. And have some honest friends in the circle. I guess yeah. that's, I guess that's one, one key. It's you know, things will happen and then, then you get really frustrated and somebody will send you something. Joel Cook sent something about like, it was like, um, you know, the secret to life is, is finding things to do that aren't worth the time, you know? And yeah. then the other part is going into it. And then the hardest part is actually finding something that isn't worth the time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I'd have to look it up to phrase it, but I mean, people say that things aren't worth your time, but it's like the return you get, like you said, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you just got to work on your like, big gut feeling and heart, you know. Yeah, and it's uh, did this oh, was this, you know, being a writer. It, I feel like that's kind of the main thing you love doing. Sure. Uh, it did that. Were you always writing growing up? Was that something you wanted to do? Like I knew I wanted to do stand up when I was like eleven. So, uh, and I knew I was like a funnier kid in the classroom. Um, and got the balls to do it like when I was 19 uh for you being a writer were you always writing were you reading a lot uh and then maybe later on writing in you know high school or college or something like that or what's uh what how did this come about because I'd had to I talk about this with Caleb a lot I did artificially develop a motor I didn't necessarily have this I don't have this work ethic innately in me some people have it. Some people wake sure. up and they get it. They get it going like military without being in the military. I don't have that. I gotta force myself to do it. Uh, and I've kind of done it the last ten years or so. But I wasn't like a A plus student. Go get them. I was a drinker. Uh, wake up. <laughs> you past know, noon. No. I still drink now, but not, I don't believe not it. to blackout uh, proportions <laughs> and not all day. If I'm doing all day drinking, I'm getting that that nap in. Uh, but my thing it was like I had to artificially just sometimes fear helps a little bit in the motivation i i was explaining to someone the other day that it feels like the indiana jones boulder you know behind me and so i'm trying to get as far ahead of that as i can and that's how i don't get behind now um i know that's really simplistic metaphor but it's one of those things where i don't uh, tax wise you're talking about i i want to make sure that this year i'm not in the same position i am you know the previous years where i'm scrambling to get it done and I don't know how much is taken out. And I don't know enough about tax law and uh, tax code and all that stuff to where I, I'm getting all the advantages that I should get. I should be looking at this at least once a month. So right. now I've been doing that. Uh, for you growing up, was it you want to be a writer? Were you writing stuff and putting it out there or writing stuff and not showing people? Or how does how was that part of your passion? Um, I think it was neat that you asked if I read a lot because I didn't really think about that because I was kind of complain that I, I'm not able to read enough now. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, as a kid, I did kind of read. I've always been into pop culture and um, entertainment and music. I mean, embarrassingly, I remember sitting with my sister watching NSYNC on the Disney Channel. Okay. And <laughs> being really into that. And, 
And you gotta start somewhere. We can edit that out. Don't worry. Well, I would read like a lot of you know magazines. that started with like Rolling Stone, and I'd read that you know front to back. So you end up reading reviews, you know, long stories, political stuff, looking at a lot of pictures. Um, my dad used to let me read Playboy when I was in preschool <laughs> and, uh, solid. So I remember finding a penthouse one time and he's like, don't read that. And, uh, but so anyway, by the time I'm in high school, I was still reading Playboy, but I was literally reading it. Yeah. I didn't look at the pictures. <laughs> so I was always just reading the fiction. I love the interviews. So I've always been a reader and then, you know, music happens to kids and, and, you know, I probably started listening to some pretty sketch music. I missed out on the whole grunge era of Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains. I'm catching up on that. I was listening to Brian McKnight and, oh boy. and a lot of soul and voice to men. You're, a, you're, you're, uh, you're like an, you're like an old, old soul, man. Dude, it was, it you're was like an old black man. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just, you're like Rube, Rube Baker reading the, reading the Playboy articles, not, not uh, looking at the pictures. It's it, like, it, you know what, you know, that Keith Sweat song that was <laughs> awesome. You know, you, you guys didn't <laughs> oh, listen dude, to Keith, Keith Sweat in middle Keith school? Keith Sweat was, uh, <laughs> we, we lived by, me and my friends and I, we used to listen to the radio and call in and request these songs you know black street 112 and yeah man all, all this crazy peaches stuff and so yeah. peaches and cream yeah mm -hmm. even before that like i mean i've always been into music and then i just started writing at home and writing in journals and and yeah i definitely keep that to myself i have a box of journals underneath my bed that goes with me if uh if the house catches on fire yeah um but then you know i think what it was i just i always wrote i always wrote about music how music made me feel this and that, and then I actually failed out of school. You talk about, you know, not being a, a great student or whatever. Mm -hmm. I failed out of USF in uh, three semesters. Nice. It was pretty awesome. Uh, made what a lot of good friends. What was, what do you think the, uh, I don't want to call it lack of motivation. What do you think, I guess, no, the I was, reasoning I for was, it was? Because uh, I'm was sure your head was just another. I was way too close to home. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's USF. <laughs> I was, you know, my parents were living in Carrollwood at the time, and, um, I was squatting at my friend's apartment, Jefferson Commons, you know, just busted that extra, you know, it was those quad rooms where yeah. like there's four subleases mm -hmm. or whatever and was squatting in there and I wasn't going to class. I was still doing stuff on campus. I worked for the murals and, uh, but I was doing other stuff. I worked out at Masquerade. I worked at Adventure Island and, um, drinking a lot, but yeah, you know, I failed you were out. active, but you weren't active in the Yeah, I definitely <laughs> did. I wasn't really, I maybe went to I don't even want to talk about how many times I went to class, but <laughs> it was bad. So I failed out, ended up going to HEC and getting an AA, worked at the newspaper there, and that was awesome. That's the community college here. Yeah, HCC. yeah. yeah HCC yeah. is a Hillsborough Community College right down yeah. the street from where we are here in Ybor. And, um, yeah, dude, I got into journalism that way. I never went to journalism school, which is um, kind of a point of shame. And I, I don't know. You Why? Know. Why? I, I mean, mean, I hold the idea of journalism – to like this super high thing. I mean, like you live it. Like my editor at the times, you know, he wouldn't take a suburban apologist shirt for me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because he wrote a blurb about a suburban apologist anniversary party. Like I like that idea of like really not like high and mighty ethics, but like knowing what you are and like, you know, I've had conversations with people and it's like as a writer, you write about the community. Are we nurturers of the community or are we reporters? Like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes I'm like you said, I'm in so many different things. I feel a little bit too deep into it. But on the flip side, it allows me to, you know, different kinds of knowledge. And, you know, so to get back to your question, you know, I start writing about music because I'm going out too much. Yeah. And I'm paying covers and, <laughs> and uh -huh. you know, yeah. I'm with my wife and she's like, you got to figure something out. Start doing that. When did you get married? 
Because that, that's kind of important 09. as well. Uh, I was 24 when I got married. Okay. Uh, I met my wife when I was 19. She was dating somebody. We met at USF. Um, but I just kind of stuck around. We've known each other for about <laughs> 10 years. You're like, I was a barnacle, yeah, basically. Yeah. I was just always there. She played uh, soccer at USF, actually. I remember uh, when we started dating, I was like, better get fit. I could do like 130 <laughs> push-ups yeah. in a row. And, uh, Damn. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was Jeez. awesome. And yeah. I, just, I remember seeing her looking at me this morning and being like, Nah, yeah, nah son. Real fat, dude. <laughs> you know, like just looking real disappointed because she's super fit. Dad bod. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's beyond that. <laughs> like, you know, I got to use two Q-tips to clean like my belly button. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's getting gross in there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just start writing and email Joe and email this kid, Alex Young at Consequence of Sound, and they give me a chance. And so I r- learned a lot. Let's time out right there yeah. because that, I think, is the that's the moment a lot of people stop. Yep. They don't. They feel too vulnerable to go out of their way, go, hey, I would like to write for you. How do I get in? I'll do whatever. I'm sure it was something like that, right? That's exactly what it was. Yeah, and I look, it was the same way when I did stand-up or any of that. It was like, how can I get into this club? Or how can I – I'll do whatever sets, whatever you need me to do. I'll host for years. Uh, just let me get in through the door, and I'll – I won't be the best right out of the gate, but I'll, I'll work on improving the whole time. I think a lot of people have a problem with that first step of like being vulnerable and going out there and going, hey, I'm a nobody and I'm going to ask someone if I can be a part of what they're doing, you know, and I feel like so many people just stop right before that point. Yeah, I mean, it's weird, like, and I don't, you know. I know you guys. I don't know you deeply. We haven't sat and talked about yeah. a bunch of stuff, but it's like some people do have some mental hurdles, like mental illness or insecurities and things like that, and we all do. Um, but I mean, I think that's I, too sensitive, man. And, I think, and, and yeah, it, yeah. It's, I think it's making too many excuses. That's right? a goldfish in, a fi- in, in whatever bowl you put them in. Right. If, if you cater to them that they have uh, that they have a disease or they're mentally fucked up, right? Then they're gonna it. it that grows. Uh, in I that have, bowl. I, you know, and, and I, everybody has those issues, but what sure. is that vulnerability and, and why don't people take that step? I mean, I always tell people, dude, you have like not nothing going for you, but you have nothing like you're obligated to nothing except you. Yeah. So why don't you just go do it now? Right. So, yep. you know, the vulnerability, I mean, fuck. I mean, do you want to do it or do you not want to do it? What do you want to do? Right. Go do what you want to do. You know, like, we, we live in Tampa, Florida. It's a, fast growing city but this city's still small enough to where you can reach out to anybody yep. and make a difference for your own life and i think it's probably like that in a lot of markets like you just got to do it and people latch on to that people want passion people want honesty Here, and as long as you do it i mean and then it's met with like oh man i don't know i'm working like i'm already wor- mm-hmm. i'm already working 50 hours a week and it's like okay well let's let's really break down your week uh yeah. you know how much are you sleeping uh i don't know like 10 11 hours sometimes like okay well let's cut <laughs> that cut back sh- yeah. that. this is a literal literally a conversation i had like all right let's look at your schedule and uh all right you have after work how many hours after work uh okay you want to work out that's fine i feel like that's important there's an hour out there uh there's another 30 minutes maybe to have some dinner then you have about four or five hours to do whatever you want to do and yeah you're tired but this thing you want to do you claim you want to do it yet you're power watching house of cards yeah or you know or something on hbo go or whatever yeah there there's a whole chunk of time that y- fuck it do you want to i'm like do you want to be 80 and look back and be like man 
I live my life by watching Hulu. Like I fucking <laughs> yeah. that's that's the li- that was the life. Waking up on a Saturday and burning a whole day. I think that's one of the scariest things. Is th- there's this new um, there's this like new sexiness to to binge watching TV. I mean, you see it on all your friends' Facebook updates and and Instagram updates. You it's all you hear people talk yeah. about, and it's like that. You have no idea, and that's fine. If you're happy, I mean, I get it. If you're happy with where you're at, and you want to use that time to just knock that out, th- then by all means, go ahead. Yeah. But to me, it just drives me nuts. Being like, man, you have no idea how much time you have to do something impactful for someone, whether it's yourself, someone else, your your family. I mean, it's just one of those things. Like, you're really just gonna sit down. I mean, my buddy this morning, I looked at his Facebook. You know, I was on Facebook in bed. It's the first thing people our age do when they wake up and yeah but yeah and uh the same way there's a lot of actual you know important stuff that happens on facebook yeah sure as far as gathering news what's it's the first i I look at facebook i look at instagram and then i'll go look at you know like the local news outlets and stuff and then i i turn on the news and you know what i mean so but you know the first thing i see is man i powered through this thing last night didn't go to bed till four and i'm like I, you know, I, a part of me gets it, but the other part of me is like, if you add up those hours, man, that you spend wa- like binge watching these shows, you have so much time to do something that could just be worthwhile. Cause what are you gaining from watching these shows? I was not much. I mean, not much. Your there, brain activity there, when you watch TV is less than any other. It's less than when you're sleeping. It's less than anything else that anything else weird. you can it's do. It's different for uh, creative people sometimes because it's like. You know, sometimes I will watch a show, and and then if you get hit with an idea, then it, anything's worth it, right? It's well, there's like inspirational stuff idea, out there, but, sure. But, but you don't ever know where inspiration is going to hit you. But I think what we're talking about is people that want more, yeah, but yeah. refuse to do more. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And yeah. they they claim they don't have the hours in the day, and it's like mm, we've all got the same twenty four, man. Yeah, I Dude, doubt claims it. Claims are, are worthless. Like every, every everybody makes a claim, and and and. You know, it's kind of sucks sometimes because we care about people, but it's like I don't want to be with people that are just making claims all the time. Like I want I want I like seeing people fuck up and fail, like because it means I mean, as cheesy as it is, like it means you went for it instead of just talking about it. Like so. And I don't know if we're talking to. I mean, this is your podcast. You know better. But how many people like listening to this right now? They're listening to this because they want to get you know, better at something or they're interested in, in, in something. You know what I mean? I don't think the person uh, binge watching House of Cards or, or whatever it is isn't it made it this far. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, I don't know, man. You can slip into that. You know, something happens and you get back into old habits. It's it's just like anything. But that a little bit of what this podcast is, too, is to be – I tell people con- the consulting I do in a lot of ways, it's not valued now because we don't have a brand and I don't have that influence in the area yet. Uh, and I haven't – I haven't uh, marketed that part. Eventually, we will figure out how I can say, "Hey, by me talking to this company and working with them all the time, it's gonna I'm gonna add value or add, increase your ROI mm-hmm. on, on using us for 186 50 an hour." You know, like, and I told I told someone this the other day that wants to start their own business, and I was like, "I I'm with you the whole way, but most of what I'm gonna do, business is psychology." Yep. Uh, it's not even deep psychology. It's a lot of basic one-on-one psychology. What I'm going to do a lot of the time, and you're not going to think that my position is valuable, is because I'm going to come in like a personal trainer, and I'm just going to keep fucking annoying you. <laughs> and I'm going to go, hey, do we get this done? Do we get this done? Do we get this done? Are you on top of this? Have you worked on this? Have you, you know, because that's all, a lot of this is, is self-discipline. And so that's a lot of consulting. I see it in that way. It's like, 
all right, I'm just going to come in. Everybody kind of knows what they should be doing, you know? Yeah. Um, and if you're depressed and you're binge watching, which I feel like is a lot more people in our generation than normal, yeah. uh, go out and volunteer. Go get your hands. Go do Absolutely. some, like, actual moving boxes or yeah. something, you know, like yeah. something very basic, something mind-numbingly just physical, and just go do that. Because Go for a fucking walk or a run or whatever, but get outside and go do something. Yeah. I think the, you know, the, the psychological aspect comes in too. And like what Ray was saying, where just, just, just do it. Go, if you have something you want to do, go out and do it. But why is it that we know, I mean, for the, for the one thing that we say means a lot to us, we know exactly what we need to do, but we won't do it or right. people won't do it. How does that add? I don't, I can't comprehend it. I mean, and I've done it, but I can't explain it. And I think it, it, I honestly think it comes down to psychology. I think it comes down to probably a, a little bit of philosophy mixes in there somehow. I don't know the answer, but it's mind boggling to me that as humans, we can sit there with a, almost a guaranteed plan of success in front of us to say, man, I want to I be a writer. I want to be a reporter. You know, I want to go out and I want to find, find my purpose or fulfill my purpose and say, I know exactly what I need to do. But man, I'm... Maybe I'm scared or what they're going to say no, you know what I mean? But you don't know, but we, and people don't take that step. It's so simple. I don't want to write on medium. It's so easy to see it. Like, you know, I don't want to put stuff, put content out there. That's not the best yet. It's like, you'll never do it. Then you exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to do it. And it is weird that you say that about, we know exactly what it is. I think about a lot about that, you know, in like, uh, in my relationship, you know, you want to be a great husband and, and stuff like that. And, you know what it takes and you know you know for me you know a lot of it's like you know saving money or whatever and i know what it is it, it, it's me not going to grab a five dollar coffee like you know what i mean and, <laughs> yep. and for some reason like yeah. yeah and it's that psychology it's like why am i not doing the thing that will improve that yeah and maybe i am behaving that way in another part of my life because i go so hard in another yeah. You know, who knows what it is? It is a strange uh, psychology to know, to have it right yeah. there in front of you. And, uh, and you know, again, I'm not qualified to to, to dig deep enough uh, on a well, no, I mean, and, and kind of put put my uh, my diagnosis out there. But it, yeah, it's just yeah, it's just one of those things where I always uh, the same thing. And I think everyone listening can relate in some form or fashion where, man, there's just things I need to clean up. I know how to clean it up. I know exactly what I need to do. In fact, I've done it a thousand times before. But for some reason, right now, the point I am in my life, I can't do it. Yeah. Or I won't do it. Yeah. It just doesn't, it doesn't add up, man. It just kind of rolls around in my head, so. Well, um, you know, so what, I guess, you're kind of, what I would say is, like, you're kind of in the middle, maybe in that middle area of, like, what you really want to do. What, you don't have to put it out there if you don't want to for business purposes, but what is, you know, down the line, what do you want to do? You know, Every, I mean, at the end of the day, life, career at, at the end of the day, you know, I always feel like a little bright bit house of a commercials. townie. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. The Bright House commercial was funny because my body's agency won that bid. And, and, you know, it's like really nobody has Bright House anymore. So like for those that don't know, it's the <laughs> local cable. Yeah. Bright House, Time company, Warner or something. Yes. Yeah, subsidiary of Time Warner. But they they're doing a lot of local like this guy's a cake direct, you know, dec- decorator uh, and just kind of showing little pieces of people yeah. in the community. No, that spot was interesting because they had to pitch like Bright House off of their cheesy commercials and let them like film like actual people yeah. and like uh, 
I, I mean, the spots were really cool. No, it was, it was um, really well done. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's yeah, that, it's kind of crazy. Oh, and they own all the media, up? so like they just ran it all the time. Yeah, so that was awesome. And yeah, dude, at the end of the day, like, yeah, I, I want to just write. Like, I want to write about music. I want to write about art that inspires me. And then you know, underlying all of it, like that base, is I want it to be community based, and I want to shine a light on, you know, everything that's awesome in Tampa. As dumb as it sounds, it like. You know, and I love this town. Like, there's so many Fun. good people, like, doing really, really awesome things. And there's so many, like, crazy stories, like, sure. that yeah. people still haven't written about. Like, so, so, so that's what I want. I want all the local artists to do well. I love music. I mean, so I want to write about new tracks every day. I want to interview people. Um, that's what I would love to do. But, uh, you know, I mean, and that's that, great. Like, yeah. the, like procuring lo lo local music. That's something that hasn't really been done well. Uh, I feel like I don't know. Like, there's cities that are known for their scenes, music-wise. I kind of don't know. Any, maybe I'm I'm not searching it, but I feel like uh, other cities, you know, obviously like Austin, you know, they have live music all the time. And Nashville, it ha it's a lot of Grand Old Opry into now kind of that Jack Whiteish kind of. It's cool to go to Nashville and live there territory mm -hmm. uh cities have their own certain kind of music scene i don't know what tampa's is but maybe you can help kind of um in the future maybe you can help kind of articulate that or or uh bring these bands to the forefront so they can get a little street cred yeah and i think it is just more of like a beat type thing like you know when i hadn't really not a lot going on and every day i would write on sub app like it was the most fulfilling thing like one of our photographers brian mahar would turn in photos almost every day because he goes to like all this shit all the time yeah and i would get to listen to all this music and it was happening here in st pete and ebor and tampa and this guy was shooting you know raves like <laughs> and i was listening to all these djs and and, and all this stuff it, i mean that's it like and i don't know if if, if the writer is the person that makes people aware of the scene but you know i feel really lucky that we've written about so much stuff over the course of five or six years whatever that as long as we don't lose the url like we'll always have that archive like we've written about some pretty cool things and and so i don't know that the writer you know exposes the scene more so that the artists just keep making music and thankfully now on the internet they can put it out and i mean it's awesome dude. sure but a lot of bands don't do that and, and it's still yeah. it's yeah. still like uh I mean, Rolling Stones, you mentioned Rolling Stone and reading that early on. A lot of what their job used to be, not so not so much now. I don't read Rolling Stone anymore. Yeah. I actually don't have a su subscription anymore, sadly. I couldn't, so. I, I couldn't do it after a while. But I used to like it growing up as well. And what they would do is they, were, they would find, you know, these bands and talk about them. Uh, I remember reading about, even though it's probably formulaic by the time I read it, but I was like, I remember reading about Fallout Boy. And look, I'm unabashedly a Fallout Boy fan. We can edit that out. I know. <laughs> I love. I love them. I don't care. It, it's a Simp Simpsons reference. You got me. You already got me in there. Millhouse was Fallout Boy, mm -hmm. radioactive man. Mm -hmm. Um. Anyway, so I remember reading about that in like '03, and I was like, I'll go check these guys out on my Winamp and all that. Winamp with yeah. the skins. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, Just LimeWire. Lime LimeWire. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, I really like them, but like. They used to do that a lot more, and it's probably formulaic, and they probably had a manager by then. But I feel like things are going to become hyper-focused locally. I f there's a position there that isn't realized, at least here. 
I know in Austin and you know these these kind of uh, progressive southern cities, I'd say um, they have those they have those uh, online blogs, online writers that they are they are the way that you get seen. But it, it almost it almost is weird in a way that it, it, it's reverting back to how newspapers used to be. If you got written up in the newspaper in the '90s, that's a big deal. And then now it's kind of like okay, cool. But now it's like once you have a powerful kind of, it's an online magazine or newspaper or whatever you want to call it, uh, periodical. Um, but you you could be a part of the band's kind of mission to be seen. You know, that's what it is. I mean, and I always just try to keep in my mind that me as the writer, I don't exist without the artist. Right. right? So. For me, you're a wide receiver. I yeah, I owe everything to the artist that's doing it because I that's not easy either. Like making music, like dumping thousands of dollars into something, you know, as a business owner, you understand that. Like for what, you know, especially for music. Like nobody cares about nobody buys music. People hate paying covers, and it's crazy, man. So I I give it all up to them, and I know that I I don't exist without you know. I'm so grateful for the artist. So. Nice. I think it's really cool for me to uh, to kind of see where the Tampa music scene is kind of uh, kind of he- I, I should more so say like where it's at right now because I don't know where it's heading to be honest and maybe you you have more you know maybe more insight on that but to me it's one of those things where I think Tampa is in um, it's in a really interesting place because a lot of these big national acts have a tough time getting down to Tampa you know a lot of them mm-hmm. they they swing through Atlanta they might touch you know, Jacksonville or something like that. And then they might, they're heading out, you know, to Texas or, you know, somewhere, you know, somewhere else, but to get them all the way down to Tampa and to get them to do shows, cause you have to kind of do a run, right? If you're looking to book a band, you've got to logistics, they've, yeah. they, they've got to be able to hit Miami and they've got to be able to hit Jacksonville on their way out. Or so for them to just drop down to Tampa and then spend all that gas and all that travel time mm-hmm. and the opportunity cost, essentially yep. going back up and, and, you know, so for me, it was always, um, the local scenes kind of what I kind of adapted to yeah. being like, man, I, we, there's so much talent here. And that's really what I'm babbling about. Yeah. Is th- I think the local music scene here between, you know, just central Florida in general is so strong. man. I, I, I really believe that. And just seeing all these, all these guys that, and, and girls that just come out to kind of, you know, these smaller bars that are around here in Ebor and they, you know, they go out to, to Clearwater and St. Pete it's crazy what if you're looking for you'll find yeah you know and I, I really believe that I got into you know the the blogging and and not really so much writing about shows but more so just trying to spread the word about shows because I like fell in love with this scene like dude, there's some super talented people here like how are there not more people out you know looking for this and how do more people not know about this yeah. so and I, I come in Ray I think Ray's done an absolute killer job in helping to grow the scene uh, here locally in Tampa so you know, hat, hats off to you for that. But if you're looking for it to anybody that's listening right now, if you're looking for that, it's out there. You just got, you just got to look. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. All right. I, there's three bands I know in the area. I'm, I'm becoming the old white guy that doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> I, I realize that, uh, <laughs> uh, have gun will travel is great. Great band. Um, there's another band I saw right before I did a stand up show in St. Pete with, uh, Johnny B, who's now on 102.5, The Bone, and JB Ball, who just uh, taped for Kevin Hart's yeah. new show, Funny is Funny, which is awesome. Um, we were watching. I, I the last. This is the one of the few times I've heard a band have been like, 
Fuck yeah, this is good. That I didn't know I was going to seek out was uh, Broke Mr. Jones. I don't know okay. if you know them. No, I'm not. There's, I don't think they're that popular in the area, but we were like, uh, both JB and I were like, when's the last time you were like in a bar and you're like, damn, this is awesome, and you're not, you're only paying attention to this band. Yeah. And then they sat behind us while we did the show and kind of added in, so get some rim shots and all that stuff. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. And then I have a friend's band that's called Lilith. I don't know if you know them or not. She's St. Pete, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. I th- it's, it's like a one-person thing. Right? Oh wait, it's Lilith, and then they have another. One, they have a band, band. I'm thinking of the band, band. But yeah, it's her as it's Lauren. The lead mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, Lauren Lance or yeah, what? trained classical singer. Uh, but I think like, I know you're talking. Be about. like, she has pipes. You know, it's <laughs> like she's amazing. She's got an amazing voice. So she the one that like wears the horns and stuff. Sometimes? Probably. Okay. Yeah. 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 She, yeah. She's she's nice. She's real cool friend of uh, friend of ours. But um, I didn't mean to throw out word association. If you knew the bands or not. No, no, no. It's uh, <laughs> who who should we look for? If uh, who's local? This is out of the out of this Tampa Bay area. Think for people that aren't from the area, who they should check out on. Yeah. Spotify. Maybe we should ask this: Who's Ray listening to? You know, it's funny, like, good there's so much music that, yeah, Good Grapes, awesome. Oh, two twins, them. or two twins, twins out of Sarasota. <laughs> yeah. I think they live in L.A. now, and, yep. and um, they're doing really well. And it's always really cool to see people be loyal to the people that kind of booked them, you know, coming up. So they've always been really good. I think they have a pretty, their agent, I forget who it is, or I know who it is, but I, don't, I think I know who it is. But he's a great agent, and um, so they're, do- they're doing well. I mean, I always feel like I play favorites. But I just have like my favorite bands locally, you know. And um, sorry, you're human, man. <coughs> yeah, <laughs> I love um, Alexander and the Grapes, Jensen Surf Company, Mike Mass is amazing. Um, all those Guan Massive guys, Wally Clark, Kino Sobe. Um, there's just so much great music. I mean, you know Joel Davis, who does uh, the Commune Co. Coffee. Mm-hmm. He's got an amazing set of pipes. Like that boy can sing. Yeah, really. He's great. He was in a band I think called um, Ascend the Hill and they toured the world and his stories are awesome and there's just like like you were saying like the amount of talent here and the collaboration you know between them like even in the jazz scene like la lucha um nate najar um there's just so many like you remember you used to be able to go down to the garden and watch um, what's his name uh buster cooper play uh the trombone and, mm-hmm. and um you know there's a lot of stories that you just redid the uh, park down there downtown you know, Cab Calloway, you know, riding down there. And then there's like, I think it's what's called uh, Jackson House, I think. Mm-hmm. The city is rich yeah. like, with music. Like, you know, Benjamin Booker came out of here and went uh, to Just listening to him on the way here. And, you know, if he puts out another record, that's going to be great. I mean, what Rolling Stone named him like most unforbe- unforgettable set Lollapalooza a year or two ago. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of talent, and you know Max plays drums for um, yeah, and he's got some other side projects dude, going Max on got too. His I think. Thing, and there was a band called Rapunzel's Ace. He was in with Alex Boat. There's so much, you know, have all these like, it 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 is truly like this unending well of talented people that refuse to stop making music, and and you know it's almost criminal that we don't um, embrace our artists. Like you said, like if you find a band that's great, like latch onto them and like support them you'll do it it. i mean you'll do it organically it seems like anyway oh yeah you know for sure um i think that's one of the good things uh you know it's talking a little bit about gasparilla music festival which for those of you don't know who are listening uh it's 
it's basically it's the music festival here in Tampa now. Um, and do they, they bring in national acts, but they also really do a good job of highlighting uh, local artists as well. Um, and, and man, sometimes these local artists that blow some of these national guys out of the water. Yeah. And just because they're not on the bigger stage necessarily doesn't mean they're, uh, they're not as good. But um, I mean, can you talk about kind of how you've seen that maybe come into fruition a little bit and help grow the scene? Yeah, I mean, I got really lucky with Gasparilla Music Festival. Um, I remember it kind of being a conversation on the side about some music festival happening. And uh, a colleague of mine and I were supposed to go to this meeting. We ended up drinking way too much and <laughs> missing the meeting. And then somehow, serendipitously, I got asked back somehow to do social media. Nice. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's local and there's really almost no repeats. And it's strange sometimes that these bands are these local bands, just the timing doesn't work out. But yeah, I mean, you're marrying. It's hard. Like the music festival scene, obviously, super hard. Our site is unique. Yeah. It's in the middle of downtown Tampa. Um, so it's not like a festival, you would say, like even out at the amphitheater or, you know, Bonnaroo or whatever. It's not a field. It's a city. Right. There's a capacity. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's codes and things like that. So th the way that they've been able to book bands and everybody on that thing is like a real music fan yeah like they actually just love really good music and that's all they want to see and they're su they're so unbiased like for the most part just they they love everything we just love great music right and, and it's challenging the book i mean you guys need to get like phil in here with like some of the other you know concert promoters at different levels like yeah. the aeg partners and things like that if you want to talk about we're working routing yeah. and things <laughs> like that but i mean yeah yeah gmf is a to me, I'm biased. It's a gift, dude. Like it's 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 amazing. In a similar way to you writing and, and showing people about bands that they or artists they don't know about, GMF does a good way of it. They don't have a budget of a Lollapalooza or Bonnaroo or Coachella or whatever it is, uh, but they do a great job being very uh, very cost effective in the way that they'll get a good mix. And you, I'm like, I don't know a lot of these bands. But I'll, I'd never seen Go-Go-Go-Go-Go. go 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 There it is. I need more coffee. <laughs> never said it either. Yeah, yeah, I can't say it either. But <laughs> it's a tough one. They were, they were amazing. And I'd never oh, heard yeah. of them. I didn't know who they were. They played on a Sunday at like 3. Yeah. And I was like, these guys are fucking awesome. And I've said that with like, I saw Good Grave two or three years ago. Yeah. And I was like, these girls are amazing. Yeah. Uh, so y'all do a very good job of picking a lineup for the four or five stages you have. And... It is one of the. I had to host one of the stages, and I got to see like uh, Sun Bears and um, God. Now my memory's dog shit, but like some of these bands that I'd never be exposed to. Oh yeah. And now it's building that trust that when I went this year, I'm like, all right, well, I, I want to pop around because I want to see some of these. If they if they're here, they're good in in res some respect, and they're probably not a huge act yet. So yeah. I feel like. That's that's kind of in your territory where it's like I'm finding the good stuff to show everybody what's what's really good as a producer almost. Yeah, and I'll, I'll kind of add. It's to not that. really a question. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> keep well, talking. I'll just add to that. It, it's kind of um, I think what GMF is uh, hopefully they're they're doing with is kind of earning the trust of these people coming out. So you'll look at a lineup and you'll say. All right, we've got a few people on there that everyone should recognize that they're going to be like, man, I got to go see them. Like, oh, that's all that's all going to be on Saturday or all these people are going to be on Sunday or the entire weekend. I got to go. But they will 
also throw in people that maybe aren't as well known, but the quality of their music is unbelievable. And what you do is you trust GMF saying, man, I, I don't know these bands, but I'm going to buy a Sunday ticket as well because, you know, I, I trust that I'm going to have a, a kick ass time and you end up finding out about new music, you know, and that's, that's the value of what stuff, you know, Oh, the yeah. stuff that Ray does and the stuff that the, you know, the Phil Benitos and the Sean O'Briens and the Jody and Kuntos that all these guys in this local scene do is, you know, if, if Sean shoots me a text or Phil and they're like, Hey man, not sure what you're doing tonight. Come out and see this band that you, you know, you're going to be blown away. I, I've never been disappointed. Like not yeah. once. I mean, and it's something where I've stayed the whole time until, you know, 2am until the band's done. And so it's the scenes there here in Tampa. And I think, um, I think it's only going to get stronger with, you know the events like Gasparilla Music Festival. Yeah, no, for sure. And the challenge for me at, at GMF, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of money that has to be raised, and you know, a, a lot of the fact that the the band sounds good is money spent on production. And you know, my small role there is to just tell that story and also communicate and tell GMF story to the fans because a lot of people they don't even know like you know, it's a nonprofit, like a real nonprofit. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. I think yeah. there's two staffers there. I'm not one of them. Like you know. I'm just, yeah. And it's just, it's just a real thing. And, and that's my challenge as a storyteller there is to share that news and, and to m communicate with people on social media, you know, and just be like, we've had some great help this year. You know, young lady Roxanne Gallo came and helped us out and just to share that energy. It's, it's, it's a challenge and, but it's awesome. It's very fulfilling. Yeah. So thank you for the kind words. By <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we try to keep this to about 45 to an hour ish. Sure. Uh, anything you got before we shut this mother down i mean we could talk about this this could be three <laughs> hours for sure so yeah uh anything you got no just to kind of touch on uh some of the stuff you know ray talked about and that we talked about earlier just shut up and go do what you need to do you know don't don't sit around and uh and just say man I, yeah i know what i need to do but uh you know i'm having second thoughts or uh, i don't know just go do it and i think you'll be surprised at uh, at what you find so yeah yeah, I agree. All right, thanks for coming on, man. Dude, thanks for having me. And if you start talking about some of that psychology stuff and really getting it down to it, because we can talk about wanting to go do it and this and that, but really like finding that secret sauce to, you know, get it locked in. And dude, let me know. Cause <laughs> I want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We'll uh, we'll have you on again, man, for sure. Sweet. All right. The uh, that has been Sweat Equity Podcast. Subscribe, five star review. If you have a question you want us to answer on air. Email Caleb or I at Caleb, C-A-L-E-B at T-O-C-O-W-O-R-K-S dot com or law, L-A-W at T-O-C-O-W-O-R-K-S dot com. And we'll try to answer it on air. Uh, anything else? You got anything else? That's it, Good. man. All right. We'll close it out. Get, put your head down. Get to work. <laughs>